are listening to the Analuya podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss the various topics in animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Analuya. And you're locked into another episode of the Analuya podcast. My name is Josh, and with my lovely wife, who is eating a lemon bar, Rebecca. <laughs> you always come up with the most random things to say. Well, yes. in this case, I just looked at what, your, what was on your plate, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a lemon bar. We made these um, this past weekend. Yeah, yeah for, for a, a picnic. Yes, our dance studio that we've been going to. They had a, a their annual picnic. And so I was like, oh, what are we going to bring? I, at first I said, well, coleslaw is so easy and, it, and there's so much of it. And then Josh was like, don't say coleslaw. I don't want coleslaw. Wah. And so I was like, okay, fine. What do you want, Josh? And he was like, well, I like desserts. I'm like, okay, well, let's look through our little paleo dessert book. And so we found these lemon bars and I was like, oh, lemon bars. That sounds really yummy. And they're, they're good. They are good. They're citrusy, but they're good. Very citrusy. But at least they don't have like, you know, white cane sugar and whatever. Right. Honey and coconut sugar, which is all just sugar. You know? I mean, when they it try boils to right you, down to it, yeah. Yeah, like it, you're, it affects your body the same. Sugar is sugar. And um, the only thing that things that don't affect your body as much is uh, like stevia. And I think erythritol. And, are, and monk fruit, kind of all in that, all the, all, yeah. all that uh, family. Yeah. All in moderation, of course. But um, yeah, don't let don't let anybody say, oh, coconut sugar is better for you. It's not real sugar. It's real sugar. I promise. <laughs> it's real sugar. <laughs> um, I mean, better, I guess, than cane sugar, but whatever. Yeah, stuff above. But coconut sugar aside... We are at the end of our Shrek Tender series. No, I've been really enjoying this series. I think I've said this each podcast, but like, it's been really fun to go through and watch watch them again. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of a, a little bit bittersweet. Yeah, we're, you know, getting to watch all these, you know, movies and the series. And, but, again, we come to an end and it's like, oh, there's no more. But we are discussing Shrek 4, or also known as Shrek Ever After. And this kind of takes a little bit different of a turn. So in the last movie, Shrek the Third, Shrek and Fiona now have Ogre Babies. Yay. Triplets, looks like. Yes. Looks like triplets. And for any parent, your first time having triplets, it could be waning on you. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. I mean, two sounds like a lot. Doable, but a lot. Three, unbearable. <laughs> I mean, well, I know there's people who do it. Yeah, <laughs> but it is a lot. But in the opening scene is kind of like Groundhog Day almost because it's the same thing like over and over. And you know they get up, and you know Shark is birthing the babies. Fiona comes by, they're out and in, and yeah, it's all nice and fun. Ha ha ha! Isn't that my line? Yeah. And then and then he goes to sleep, and it happens again and, and again. again and again. And each yeah. time he's like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm I'm over this. Like, what is my life? I used to be a real ogre where people feared me. And now they all just laugh at me. 
and think it's funny. But yeah, I mean, he, he is having like the second thoughts of, you know, he used to be a real ogre and, you know, I want to do what I want to do. I want to have a date on myself. Yeah. Which, you know, I think we, we can all relate to, I mean, I can relate to that. I mean, even obviously we're not parents yet, so it's hard to relate to that particular piece of the story. But, um, you know, lately we've been, we were literally just talking about this. We've been so busy with stuff because we've been doing this um, dance program, which is so much fun. And then we've got home fellowship during the week and I'm working with, um, you know, discipling some people. And um, so it's like every single night there's something going on. And then like last weekend it was a tea party, I think. And then this past weekend was anyway picnic and going golfing with friends and it's all fun things but at some point you're like oh my gosh i can't no more i i need i need to i think last week we talked about introvert extrovert right so it's like i need i need to replenish my coins here i have expended all of my coins they've all been spent now it's taken a while but they're spent and i need some alone time that's kind of what i'm feeling like and um, in a way, I kind of feel like that's what Shrek's going through. He's like, who am I? What's happening? I need some just away time. And um, I don't blame him, you know? Everyone needs like a day to themselves. I mean, when you're going days on end without a break, I mean, it's very easy to get burnt out. Yeah, it's hard. So like I see where Fiona's coming from in that she was mad at him for getting mad at the party and yeah, he shouldn't have reacted that way, but he's having a hard time. Like he should be able to talk about it. And it kind of all comes back down to communication. He should have communicated to Fiona, like, I'm really struggling with all this. This is, this is hard. This is a lot. You know, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. And she could have said, oh, why are you feeling overwhelmed? You know, and help to, to soothe and communicate that. And I don't know. Maybe they they could have taken the kids or had had grandma, queen grandma come over, you know, and and watch the kids for a day or two and then they could go away. That's important. It's important to have, you know, couple time when you have kids. And this is all theoretical at this point because we don't actually have kids at the moment. But I don't know. I just feel like there could have been a little more understanding through all of this. And yeah, Shrek needed to see... He needed to see how much he has, like the the value of his family. It was a lot, though. I don't know. I guess he, he needed to learn more as you fi- found out how strong of a character his wife. What's her name? Fiona. He needed, <laughs> he needed to find out how strong Fiona was as a character and like what would have happened if she didn't come that and that she really did. I don't, they complement each other. They're good for each other. And... You just needed a reminder. I mean, I, you know, okay, I guess this was the equivalent of a crazy weekend away (laughs) in a way, you know, but anyway, I'm sorry. I just like totally went on a rant and like hijacked the conversation. No, no worries. I mean, it's all, it's all relevant to the, to the uh, discussion. With Strick though, having the stress of a family, because having a family can be stressful at times. Oh, for sure. It all comes to a head. It's hard to be in a family. Oh, yeah. It's hard to live. You know, (laughs) living is hard. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It all comes to a head at the triplets uh, birthday party. 
and all everybody's there, you know, uh, Pinocchio, Gingy, the three pigs, and of course Donkey and everybody. And Shrek is already not having a good time. He's so yeah. stressed and Donkey's being annoying as always. I don't know. I kind of feel like everybody at the party was purposefully trying to make him mad, including that little kid who was like, neither really. Oh, yes, uh, this scene right here. Mr. Shrek, could you do that ogre roar of yours for my son? He's a big, big fan. Hear the roar. You know, I'd rather not. It's my kid's birthday party. Hear the roar. So, yeah, that kid it just doesn't help in any situations. Uh, no. he's, he's getting away, Daddy. Get him. <laughs> do the roar. That's a great impression. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> There's uh, one moment where he's like, listen, ogres only roar when they're angry. Oh, You yeah. don't want to see me when I'm angry, do you? He's like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little lick of his lollipop. <laughs> yep. And then Shrek finally loses it. He's like, we ate the cake. The little three little pigs. Oh, yeah. Well, what about the cupcakes? We ate that too. <laughs> <laughs> that keeps going through. That we ate all of it. Wait, you didn't share. <laughs> uh, and then so all the things are swirling around at this party. And then Shrek is just like, I can't take it anymore. He does his big roar and then storms outside. No, no, no. He didn't storm outside yet. He, someone came, hey, look, we found a new cake. Yay. Thanks, Puss and Boots. Which I'm like, did they do all this on purpose just to make him mad and do the roar? Because they were everybody after he did, they were like, hey, yeah, that's amazing. Shy sideshow attraction. Right, yeah. And of course, that kid again, he's like, I love you, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that kid is hilarious. He is. I, <laughs> I think he's funny. But yeah, so they like, Smack a little party hat on Shrek, which looks stupid. <laughs> and then he's still super angry. Puss like takes the, I don't know, covering or whatever off of the cake. And Shrek looks at it and it's like, I hate the stupid ogre face with those sparklies. And the and he, he smashes his fist into it. And that's when he goes, oh, I messed up. Well, not quite. Because he like storms outside. And Fiona goes out there and she's like, um unbelievable is what she says at first. And uh, that's not the best way to handle a situation like that. It's more of like, I think she should have responded with like, Hey, like what's going on? What's happening here? You're obviously angry about something. What's going on? And um, yeah, cause Shrek's first response was, yeah, all the donkey and whoever, they're all being so annoying and I couldn't take it anymore. And she was like, no, you you're ruining the kid's birthday party. This is all your fault. It's like, okay. I mean, yes, he did overreact, but I don't know. You could be a little more understanding, I guess. But then he goes on to say, he's like, you know, I wish things were easier, more simpler time. Ooh, yeah. And then Fiona's like, you mean before I was rescued in the tower? He's like, yeah. And he just, there's Ooh. that stance and like he doesn't, he doesn't rebuttal from it. Yeah, yeah, there's an awkward pause where it's like, oh, you took it too far, man, way too far. And Fiona says, you know, you have a wife, 
kids and friends that love me. So if you know that. Which, I mean, I bet uh, that's about all you can say in that situation. So, yeah. But of course, seedy little rumble still skin yes. comes into the picture. Mm. And we actually see him uh, prior to all this taking place. Where he's trying to make a deal with the king and queen of Far, Far Away to rid their daughter of the ogre curse in exchange for the kingdom. Which, a uh, terrible deal. Yeah. That's for like, the king and queen. Right. Like, ooh. Well, even the queen is like, oh, well, you know, there's something else we could do. This is not a good idea. Right, yeah. She was a smart one. Julianne. Go, Julianne. <laughs> but, uh, of course, the uh, door swings open in their little meeting room. He's like, hey, the... Fiona has been, the princess has been rescued. Mm-hmm. Rumpel's like, no, it's why? Like, uh-huh. You ruined my life. Yes. They're like, okay, dude, you were the one trying to make a terrible deal for these people. And uh, yeah, it's not not great. So sure, so it comes to this um, where Shrek is just going through the woods and Rumpelstiltskin, of course, is just, you know, has a little... Fake accident with his cha- with his chariot. Oh gosh, yes, he of course times it perfectly so that Shrek feels afraid again. He makes him feel good, basically. He's like, "Oh no, you're not going to eat me, are you?" And he's like, "No, not going to do that. I promise." Are you sure? Anyway, they ended up having having a chat, and Shrek ends up making a deal with the devil. Exactly. So, which is if, the main theme, right? If you're unfamiliar with what making a deal with the devil is. Basically, how could you be unfamiliar with? Just in case, <laughs> explain it to us, Josh. Tell us what is making a deal with the devil. You're essentially giving yourself away for something that looks good and, and enticing at the moment, but comes at a cost of your soul. Yeah, on a real, like, applicable level, what would be that? What are some like real life examples? Because obviously, we're not going to be the day we. Were- Gosh, I mean, if you look at, like, some of the cults, like, um, Satanism, for once. Well, that's blatantly obvious, yes. But let's say that you, I mean, it could be anything. It could be addiction to, like, you know, drugs and yeah, um, to anything that looks enticing to our, our carnal desires. And, you know, the devil gives you that little inch. It's like, hey, doesn't this feel good? Don't you want to keep, huh? Yeah. Go, go, keep doing it. Yeah, I think it can go beyond carnal desire, even in like unforgiveness, you know? Yeah, There's that's a good the point. lie of like, because he'll tell you, Satan will tell, well, this person deserves your fist. They hurt you, which that may be true. You may have been truly, truly hurt, but the Bible does call us to forgive. And tr- and you're only hurting yourself when you don't forgive somebody. So I think that's, yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot that can be encompassed in sort of this, you know, air quote deal with the devil. Um, people do all the time or they're, they choose to stay angry about something for a long time. And I think that's different. Choosing to stay angry is different than just feeling anger, you know, because you can't help when your feelings come, but you yeah. can, you can help, you know, how long you hold on to them for the most part. Um, so I think, but if you hold on to that anger, you come to like that anger and it, it starts to be comforting and feel good. And like, it's a, like, it's a friend that's Satan. He's calling you into trying to take you away from other things. But yeah, there's all kinds of deals and trades that we end up making. Yeah. Like you said, any addiction, 
with with anything could be um i mean pornography addiction or uh anything like that it's the pleasure of the moment drugs drugs as well um yeah it's the pleasure of the moment that that's what you're getting but long term could be trading that for a far worse problem and it's not that way for everybody some people can not that i'm condoning this necessarily but some people can do marijuana once and they don't become a pothead you know i mean right but there's always, you know, that chance. Yeah. Whereas people say, oh, you know, they did this and they're not addicted. And, but I mean, every person is different and they take that one hit. Maybe, maybe you can get addicted to the pleasure of whatever it is. Oh, that's the, that's the soul life. That's whatever feeding our souls to the point of destruction. That's a problem. Yes. And going back to all this related to the uh, deal with uh, Ronald Silstein and Shrek, as you mentioned before, Shrek gives up uh, one day of his uh, childhood um, in exchange for just being feared as a regular ogre. Yeah, it's funny that that's his wish, to be feared. Yes. <laughs> respect? Well, so it sounds like respect yeah. is really what he wants. Well, because he's become, as I mentioned before, kind of like a sideshow attraction, yeah. laughing stock almost. Soft. Yes. And so, yeah, to be feared, respected, all that again. And you see this like montage as he goes throughout the day. <laughs> yep, he's loving it. And back to the deal with that Rumpelstiltskin makes. He's so manipulative, just like Satan is manipulating when he gets us to to you know sell our souls, if you will. Because um, it's Rumpelstiltskin definitely moves the conversation where he wants it to go, and because um, it's like. Well, you know, you got to give a day to get a day. And um, how about, you know, one from puberty or blah, blah, blah. He like goes down this rabbit trail. Well, then what about one you you don't even remember? Like one when you were a baby. And so he puts that into the to the contract and comes to find out he took the born. And, and it falls right in line. Sneaky, sneaky. It's not what you think. When you make that deal, never what you think. Yeah, you gotta you gotta read between the lines and the fine print for that. Or in Shrek's case, you gotta print a very specific way to find how to break it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a nice for, foreshadowing there. Thank you, thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. <laughs> and this is kind of like I was telling you, Rebecca. This is kind of like Shrek meets a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I loved that explanation. I was like, that that's exactly what happened. Because he's in this now alternate reality where he's on there to Fiona, a donkey, puss and boots are his friends. He doesn't have any children. Yeah. And he, he's just a regular feared ogre. But only for one day. Because once that day is up, he will no longer exist. Oh, gosh. Imagine hearing that. It's rough. And I think he realizes this when he's you know captured by the witches and... He's saying to rental Silkson because he's now the king of far, far away. Yeah, because if um, if Shrek had never been born, then he would have never rescued Fiona, which means that the king and queen would have done their deal with Rumpelstiltskin. So that mm. means that Rumpelstiltskin is a far, far away. That's correct. <laughs> I gotta say, I really like all of his wigs. Oh, yeah, that is a funny some- part. Wolfie, give me my business wig. And then when he's angry, he's like, Wolfie, get me my angry wig. And it looks like, um, oh, oh my like, gosh, what's their names? Uh, Heat Miser. Yes, Heat Miser. It looks just like that. 
I wonder if that's like why they made away. If it was like a nod to that. If it was, if it wasn't intentional, then that's a great play on their part. Yeah, I'd be very surprised, honestly, if it wasn't intentional because they they have so many references in other in the other films to other movies. So yeah, I think that was the second one that there were all those references. Is that right? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How much time do? Twenty five minutes. So we'll go for another twenty probably. At some um, point, I want to. I think it would be good to wrap up and say what you. Which ones did you? Well, what's your favorite? Yeah. What'd yeah. you think? So yeah. just keep. <laughs> and earlier I talked about it's Shark Meets a Wonderful Life. And for those of you who have seen the movie, you know, it's about a guy who wishes um, he was never born. And this is the somewhat reality that Shrek is living out. Which if you've never seen It's a Wonderful Life, you should definitely watch it. Even if you're not into black and white films, because it is a black and white film. Um they do have a colorized version, which I've never seen that version, but it would yeah, be very strange. It's yeah. a great movie, though. Classic. What's funny is we all watch it around Christmas time, but it was originally released in July. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was It was never really meant to be a Christmas movie, and somehow it, it ended up being a Christmas movie. But yeah, it's great. Well, there you go. A little bit of the film history for you. Yeah. I knew some film history the film buff didn't know. Well, you know, can't know everything. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing I liked about this movie is we see more ogres than just Shark and Fiona. So we have this whole colony of like, you know, underground. The resistance. The resistance (laughs) of all these, you know, ogres. So it was nice to see, oh, wow, there's actually, you know, some of the colony of all of these uh, species uh, where... We get different interactions, different personalities, rather than what we just see between Shrek and Fiona, to where beforehand they were the only ogres around. Yeah. Yeah. I've always kind of wondered, like, where were the other ogres? Surely there were more. But yeah, it was really nice to get to see more of them and um, and find out that they can do the little thing with their ears. It sounds like a foghorn where they, oh, they yeah. hold their nose and blow and it goes... Brrr! was a bad interpretation but <laughs> it's kind of like that <laughs> yeah it's like a yeah like a warning or a mating call almost well maybe it's a something it's sad it sounds like a foghorn to me i mean or like a boat, boat yeah horn. Cl- yeah foghorn or, or boat horn is what it what it resembles of course that's where foghorns are right they're on boats yes because it's to let other boats know yeah there okay that there's a boat yeah, yeah. in the water right yeah. <laughs> I, I think so I'm just picking that up, maybe. <laughs> we're 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 not we're not experts on this. No, I do love boats on lakes, though. Those are pontoon. But think about this: what have you made going that to the whole deal with the devil thing? What have you made a deal that just like really just significantly alter your life? Whether that the addiction, because addiction can like it can rob you of so much. So much. Yeah, I actually just finished a book on um, codependency, specifically codependents that are living with people who are addicted to alcohol, um, who are suffering from the disease of alcoholism and um, just how like crazy they are. But these people, yeah, they've they've made a deal with the devil and they've they end up manipulating the, the alcoholics, manipulating, they're crazy. And then these poor people who are have, you know, fallen in love with people who are alcoholics or, or uh, they're 
a brother or sister or something. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. I'm, I'm glad I, I've, I never grew up with that, but gosh, yeah, reading this book, it's a fantastic book, by the way, if you're thinking you might be codependent, um, which it doesn't mean what a lot of people think it means. Codependents are people who um, typically are very, they're very loving and kind, but they they ultimately want to control everything around them. They want everyone to be happy and take care of them and make sure everything is fine. If I just do this, no one will be mad at me and it'll all be okay. And they, they go out of their way to make sure things are okay, which of course, you know, if you're um, living with someone who's an alcoholic, they can they can be very belligerent and angry. And, um, you know, they, when you live with that all the time, it's like, okay, what can I do to make this person not be angry with me? And um, you end up creating that belief system. So if you're interested in that book, it's called Codependent No More by Melody Beattie, I think. Um, really good book though. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I forget why, why I was even saying that. Oh, we're talking about deals with the devil. Um, yeah. Did you um, just with when you live with somebody who you know has a codependency on alcohol. Well, they're not oh. a codependency. Oh. That's the that's the thing. Codependents are the people dealing with the alcoholics. Oh, okay. So it would be more appropriate to say that alcoholics are dependent on alcohol, but even still, alcoholism is a disease. It's a that you you need help with. That's how they talk about it in mental health circles. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, well, it's just, I just thought about that because when you're saying, "Oh, I do this," and they walk in that, you know, you kind of have to walk on eggshells yeah. when you know when you're in that situation. Yeah, and a lot of times the people who are codependent, um, they'll feel like they're crazy. Like, am I crazy for thinking this? I, I'm, I'm losing my mind right now, and it's like, nope, nope, you're not. I promise, you're. <laughs> Yeah, this person is wronging you right now. Um, but at some point, you have to learn to detach the word for codependent. Detach from the situation. You can't control everyone. You're not in charge of somebody else's feelings. You know, you can say what you need to say, but ultimately, they're in charge of their feelings. When you need to put up boundaries, um, you they're going to respond however they respond, but you know that that boundary is what's best for you. And you say it in love and, and all of this, but you can't control that person. You can't make them be okay. And if they're angry, they're angry and they've chosen to be, but you don't have to be. You don't have to be swept up in the emotional torrent. You don't have to be swept up in the emotional tornado that that sweeps through and devastates everything in your life. You can let that go. And that's not just with the person who's suffering from alcoholism. You could have grown up with an alcoholic parent. You've grown up now and you're in these relationships you know, you may be unconsciously choosing an alcoholic for a spouse. Maybe you've, you know, been married and divorced three times and somehow you always end up falling in love with a person who's an alcoholic and you don't know why. Probably because you're codependent. You're creating that situation. And anyway, yeah, that's a lot of information. <laughs> but um, yeah. No, 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 no that, that's that's a great explanation. Uh, you know, just you know, everything. And again, tangents. So yeah, we are you never know what you're going to get. Never know. <laughs> Um, I did have a question for you, Josh. Yeah. Have you ever thought what your life would be like if you weren't born? Is that a, is that something that you've ever wondered about? Like, gosh, would people be better off if I wasn't born? I don't think I've ever been to that dark of a place. 
Um, so I, I can't, I can't say, um, that I have, I have known people though, who have had that thought. And, uh, I wonder, like, do you know what, like that stem that stems from that, that thought process of like, you know, wishing that you weren't born or what would the world be like if I wasn't? Yeah. It's a place of self-hatred that it really comes from. I've had that thought, not recently, but yeah, when I was in high school through a very depressed state very, you know, suicidal of that. Um, it was because of self-hatred and it's, it's obviously not, it's not healthy. Um, I don't know if mine was like a chemical imbalance or it was probably an emotion, but, um, yeah, it, it's, it comes from a place of hating yourself and thinking and, and having such low self-esteem, like, well, why am I even here? Would anyone really care? Would they notice if I wasn't here? And that's a, it's a really sad place, really difficult place. Yeah, I, I get, I, I, I probably couldn't relate just because I mean I really delved into that thought process. And That's I good. Go, and I goes out to those who do. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm really glad that you. It's a deep dark hole that's really difficult to to climb out of. So I'm really glad that that you never had to deal with that. That's good. Well, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, and as, but this is kind of. Where we come, uh, this is kind of where we are in the film, where Shakti doesn't intentionally thinking, hey, you know, what if I was never born? It just circumstance. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of happened. But through the film, he manages to rekindle that. Hey, this is you know what I what I had. Didn't realize what I had until I didn't have it. It was gone. Something to live for. And of course, a fan that breaks the curse. With any fairy tale, is true love's kiss. Ah, there's a catch though to this true love's kiss is that Fiona has to fall in love with him again in order yes. for it to be true, true love's love. kiss. Right. Which I think is a really great thing. Oh yeah. Because it it shows that unlike a lot of fairy tales, it's not it's this I so many fairy tales have this idea of just one person on this earth being your one true love. And that like, no matter what you do, basically they're, they're your one true love and you may never find them in your life. And I like this idea that Fiona has to fall in love with him again, because it implies whoever you fall in love with is your true love in a way, you know, when you make that decision, love them and yeah there's emotions and whatever that go along with it but like i in general i just don't believe there's like one person on this whole earth that you could be with and that's your one true love yeah i used to think that you know growing up it's like there's that one person but i mean just the astronomical odds well yeah and i think our will comes into play we can choose who we want to to love and to be with. And I mean, what about the people who get divorced and then fall in love again and get married? Well, was the first person there one true love and they just gave up on that? Or is the second person like, you can go down crazy rabbit holes that just mess with your mind that really is unnecessary. <laughs> um, I, th I think there's many paths in life that we can life that we can take and we have to be okay with whatever choice we end up making because we made that choice. Honestly, that's one of the reasons why I freaked out so much. I don't know if I told you this, but but making the choice to marry you, I really thought about it 
because I was like, this is the person that I will be spending my entire life with. This is a big deal, really, really big deal. And yeah, it was kind of hard, honestly, to like make that commitment of like, this is the one and only person, not because you aren't great, <laughs> but um, it's a lot. It's a lot. But yeah, um, I, I, um, as, but yeah, I certainly agree. Agree with that. But, but yeah, I certainly agree with all that. So as we're wrapping up our Shrek Tender series, um, what what was your favorite out of all four? Ooh, I I liked all of them. First of all, I would recommend watching all of them. They're all really good. Um, my favorite is probably the second one or first one because there's 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 something so nostalgic about the first Shrek. And then, but then what's really exciting is the second one where you know the characters, you're familiar with them, you get introduced to new characters and um, it's just easier to like ease into it. And then they've got all like little Easter eggs of different movies that they're referencing. And you're like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one, another one, another one. And that's really fun. So I th- I think the second one is my favorite. Nice. Um, I was gonna say the second one just because of all that you said, yeah. but I just really loved the first one. Still need to quote of the lines and. Oh yeah, for sure. It was really what set DreamWorks on the map, um, animation wise, at least. Yeah, yeah. I I could just have easy just as easily have said one because like yeah, the the quotable lines. I mean that's the stuff that. We grew up on. I mean, that that first one came out in two thousand and one, right? Yes, and the last one came out in two thousand nine. Yeah, so I was I was eleven when the first one came out, and you were thirteen. Twelve or thirteen, I think. Um. So yeah, that was a we definitely grew up with with Shrek. Um. In our early teen years, most certainly, and all of our teen uh, years. Well, actually. all of our teen, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if it if the last one was in. Would you say 2007? No, or 2009. 2009, I believe. Wow, yeah. So into college, really. Yeah, I well, I was a freshman in college, I think. Yeah. And we want to hear from you. What was your favorite Shrek movie? Was it one, two, three, or four? Yeah, so curious. What's the what's the poll? We might put a poll out on our social media to see which one you've you've enjoyed the most if you've been watching along. <laughs> <laughs> and we love doing this series. That's why we love doing these. Like focused series on a particular movie franchise, a certain series where we spend um, almost all month doing it and kind of allows us to delve deeper into things that we may not normally talk about. So that is Shrek Tender 2022. <laughs> Has come to a close. But we're excited for uh, next week. Uh, stay tuned um, for our last episode in September. Before we get into cringe tilder, and that's coming up really, really soon. Um, it's like each week that passes by, it's coming, it's coming. But well, we hope you all have enjoyed this series. And until next time, keep those halos shiny and stay holy, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Analuya podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest information. We would love to hear your comments and questions about today's episode, as well as suggestions for future episodes. 
You can message us on our socials or email us at contact at 